The title of our message today is Called. Amen. Pastor talked about it a little bit last week. It is the youth convention theme, so we figured we'd stick on to it. Called. And I'm not just talking about, you know, picking up the phone. Apparently, by the way, if you are younger than 10 years old, kids don't know this. They know this. When I was told this, I went, ha! I'm getting old. That's, that's when I realized. When I, I saw a video and a kid was like, oh, how do you pick up a phone? And the kid went like this. And I was like, no, they don't know about landlines. They don't know about the long-distance calling fees that you would have, even if it's literally across the street, but apparently it's in the wrong county, so you have to pay extra money to call your friends to see if you can go over and play Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with them. Is that just me? Or that, that's just me. Okay, cool. But we are called. Every single one of us is called. Open your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 4, please. If you could, if you do not have it, use your phone. If you do not have your phone, it'll be on the screen. Look at that. We thought of everything. Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 1. This is Paul writing another book of the Bible of all the many that he has. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Whew. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit. Binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit. Just as you have been called to one glorious hope. For the future. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity to go into your word. We thank you for students who have answered the call. Lord, we just pray that your wisdom would be upon me today. Lord, allow hearts to be opened and not hardened. And allow your spirit to be poured upon every single person here today, Lord. Lord, you have given me this message for this time. And I pray it will be your words, not mine. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, I did forget about one thing when it comes to fine arts as well. So I am going to go back a little bit, but I'm going to show a calling that even some students didn't know that they had. Isaac and Hadassah, can you stand up? Can both, can both of you stand up? They both came to me not knowing what photography entitled and said, I want to take a picture. I want to do that. I want to step out of my comfort zone and do something. They answered the call by stepping out of their comfort zones. These are their photos that they took. Isaac's is on the left. Hadassah's is on the right. They took these photos. They edited these photos. You can sit down now. They put their time and effort into it. Let's give it up for them as well. The only thing that I did was, hey, the light settings are like this. The light settings are like this. Go ahead. From no photography experience to this, I say is pretty amazing. And they edit it, and I would be like, um, 
that looks a little bit too blue for me. We should probably change up the blue a little bit. We should probably change up this. Okay, and they did it. See, here's the thing about students. If you give them a challenge and something that, where they're stepping out of their comfort zone, 90% of the time they will answer the call. This is going to be one of Pastor Eddie's patented sermons where, you know, I kind of go after you, so just be prepared for that. Why is it that students can do it 90% of the time, but when you're told to do something by the Lord, you let it go by? Why are the students stepping up? Why are the students being able to do things, which is great. Hey, good for you guys. Way to step up. Way to do what you're told. Way to, way to step out of places that you've never been before. But shouldn't we be the examples for them? Shouldn't we as a church be examples for them? Can we go to the statement of faith? Every single week we say this, and we say it as a declaration that kind of as an affirmation that we will get into the word. So let's say it all together. One, two, three. The applied word of God will change my life instantly. I actively embrace and embody its teaching. Pleasing God is my purpose. I walk in faith, not sight. I claim promises, pursue passionately, and prosper as my soul prospers. My faith is in proof. In Jesus' name, amen. So as I said, it's going to be a little bit kind of forward. But I do have a question for you, and this is an actual question that please respond to, not a rhetorical question like you heard from David before. But I, I really want to hear your answers. What did you want to be when you grew up as a kid? Pizza a princess? Pizza man? We need to have a conversation about that later. Pete? What? FBI? Okay. That makes a lot of sense, actually. A lot of sense. Come on, more answers, more answers, more answers. Just keep shouting them out. A nurse? Police officer? So pretty much everybody here had something that they wanted to be when they grew up, right? You looked at something, you saw something, you were like, I want that. There's two things I wanted to be when I grew up, when I was young. An MLB player, and as you can see, that did not turn out. But I had a caveat. I told all my friends, I said, I will not play for the Yankees. If the Yankees offer me a contract, I will go separate ways. I will not play for the Yankees. That, that was my, my one thing. Realizing that as an adult, if somebody offers you $41 million to play for a team, you should probably play for the team if they offer you $41 million. But anyways, as we can see, I am not a professional baseball player. The second thing that I wanted to be when I grew up is my grandfather and dad loved Westerns. I mean, like... We had a library probably the size of this background, like up to the screen, full of Westerns. Westerns and Tom Clancy. And that was it. And so I remember like growing up and watching Westerns all the time. And I never wanted to be a cowboy. I wanted to be a horseback rider. Because like in the Westerns, in the old Westerns, you see their hair just flowing in the back. They look like they're very serious. They look like they're getting to their next place. I didn't want to be a cowboy because I saw the cowboy and realized that took a lot of work. Also, my mom grew up on a farm, so she kind of let me know like, hey, it's a lot of work. I wanted to be a horseback rider. 
My grandmother, hearing this, took me horseback riding when I was like seven or eight, and I cried for hours afterwards. If you know, you know. Horseback riding is not great for males when you're first starting out. So I, and I mean, I cried for hours to the point where my mom came up and was like, so you're not going to be a horseback rider. But usually what we want to be when we grow up is something based out of our environments, our parents' wishes, something that we're into, a thing that we normally watch. None of that has meaning, though, to your calling. None of that matters when it comes to your calling. Your environment does not matter when it comes to your calling. Your background does not matter when it comes to your calling. Who you grew up with does not matter. What you were taught as a kid does not matter to your calling. Your calling is because God has called upon you. It doesn't matter about anything else. It matters that God has called you. That's my first point today. If you have notes, please write it down. You have been called. Notice how I said you, and I did not point to Pastor Brian. I said you have been called. You have been called. By name, by the Lord, you have been called. It says in verse 1, I beg you, lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. I tell the students all the time, if you pay attention to the little things in the Bible, you start seeing the big pictures. And the big picture here is that it says you have been called by God. It's not just saying pastors, preachers, deacons, you have been called. It says you. You have been called by God. Well, Pastor Eddie, I don't know how I've been called. How do I know that I have been called? I, I just don't really feel that. How do I know? Well, it says in 2 Timothy 1.9. For God saved us and called us to live in a holy life. Pay attention to the and there. That means if you have accepted Jesus Christ into your heart, you are called. One does not come without the other. You are called. You are called. Miss Lillian, you are called. Miss Nancy, you are called. Owen, you are called. We are all called. If we have been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, if we have had that personal relationship with him, we are called. It says it right in the scripture. And if you don't believe that, then we're following a different Bible. I looked up four different versions today. And every single one of those versions had and in it. And. So God has saved us. One version says when he saves us, he has called us. But the and. One does not come without the other. For your calling for you have been called by God. And I do not just mean pastors and preachers and deacons and worshipers. I do not just mean that. For we, every single person has a different calling. And like Pastor Brian said last week, we cannot compare ourselves to other people's callings. But we have to acknowledge that we have our own. We have to acknowledge 
our callings. It doesn't matter if you think you are flawed, you have been called. It doesn't matter if you don't think you belong, you have been called. It doesn't matter if you think that you have been wronged in life, you are called. It is not just me and Pastor Brian. We are called. Well, what is, what is our calling? It's simple. Matthew 28, the Great Commission. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commandments I have given you and make sure of this. I am always with you, even to the end of the age. But there is an action that we have to be taking there. It doesn't say we're just going to sit in our seats. It doesn't say that we're going to be Sunday morning Christians, that we come to church, we get filled, we go home. No, it says we go. Now, that does not mean overseas, which if you have not signed up for the DR trip, I would love for you to. I would ask Pastor Brian for more info. We had an info meeting last week. But that was a trip that changed so many different lives. But it says to go and make disciples. It doesn't say to just sit around. It doesn't say to, oh, somebody else who's more qualified than me can do this. He told the disciples to go. So that doesn't mean you are called to preach. And I know some of you are, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit later. That doesn't mean that you have to be in the church to fulfill your calling. Let me tell you this. I told people yesterday, we are in the most unchurched part of the entire world. The New England area is the most unchurched part in the entire world. Besides certain communist countries that don't even let Jesus in. Besides that, we are the most unchurched. It is less than 1% of the New England population believe in God. Let that sink in. We have so many different people, this does not include New York City, because let's be real, New York is not included in New England, and anybody who says elsewise is wrong. But, this is not including New York City. Think of all the millions of people that we have in New England, and less than 1% of them believe in Jesus. I was at a CMN conference, which is Church Multiplication Network, where they plant churches, and they gave a list of cities, and 10 of the 15 cities that were most unchurched, without a church in their neighborhood, were in Massachusetts. Across the entire country, 10 of 15 cities were in Massachusetts. Less than 1% believes in God. So it is time to understand our calling is to go and make disciples. Our calling of who we are and our DNA as Christians is to go. And let me tell you, you have been called. You have been called by name. If you have accepted Jesus, it says here in the scriptures, then you are called. 
If you have that relationship with him, then you should have that burden of going out and making disciples. You have been called. Don't look left or right. Don't look to the person around you. Know that you personally have been called. But it does not come alone. See, we are not supposed to do life by ourselves. Your calling does not come alone. Your calling comes with the people around you. You see, anywhere in the Bible where there is ministry being done, there is somebody else helping that person complete that ministry. Mary had Mary. David had Jonathan. Moses had Aaron. Jesus had his disciples. Wherever you go, even when Jesus was about to go to the cross, he fell at somebody's feet and somebody picked up the cross for him. Do you not understand that your ministry goes with other people? Your calling goes with other people. We are not supposed to do life alone. That's why our mantra for a little bit has been life together here at CIC. We are called to not do this alone. I highlight it alone here because as David kind of says, when we are filmed with shame, we feel alone. We feel like we cannot do anything. But as he said it in his sermon, if we lay it down at his feet and find joy, how many of you know that joy is an attitude more so than an emotion? Let me say that again. Joy is an attitude more so than an emotion. We see in verse 2 here, going through verse 4, it says, Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with one another. Ooh. I know some of you that is really hard to do. You don't have to look at your spouse. You don't have to look at the person you came with. You don't have to look at your relatives, even though I'm looking at three of relatives. You have to be patient with one another. Patience is the hardest thing to have. The scariest prayer in the entire Bible is, Lord, give me patience. Because he knows that there will be a time when you will have to have patience. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with one another, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourself united in the spirit, binding yourself together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope in the future. Have you ever noticed that peace and joy go hand in hand with each other in the Bible? There is seven that I counted yesterday, and I could be wrong, so please challenge me on this. There is seven times in the Bible when one is mentioned without the other. Only seven. Peace and joy go hand in hand. You cannot have one without having the other. And sometimes, here's, here's Pastor Eddie's patented, I'm coming at you, okay? If you don't have peace or joy in the life, and you constantly keep looking around, it may be time to look in the mirror. If you are constantly finding yourself where you are just drained, you don't have joy, you don't have peace in your life, when you are constantly blaming other people for what they are doing and not looking at your own fault, if you are not finding pure joy, the joy that Jesus gives us, the redeeming joy, then you need to be looking in the mirror. Verse 5. 
for peace and joy go hand in hand. And you can't pray for peace without experiencing joy. But we're supposed to be peaceful together. For we are called together. And even though it says you, we cannot do it alone. I love just reading through scripture and seeing how people helped each other in order to fulfill the calling that they had on their life. And let me tell you something. Aaron raising Moses' arms was just as much as a calling as Moses was raising his arms. Because one cannot be done without the other. If Moses just had to sit there and completely raise his arms for hours and hours and hours, man, my arm's already getting tired. He would not be able to complete the calling that he had, so God brought somebody with him to fulfill the calling, and it was just as important as Aaron in that story as Moses. David would not have survived Saul without Jonathan. Jesus could not fully complete his mission on this earth without the disciples. Because if Jesus did it all by himself and then died, who would be there to spread the good news? Listen, if you know Jesus, you are a disciple, and he told all the disciples to go. And if you look, if you look in the scripture, none of them went by themselves. They all went with each other. Do you get what I am telling you here today? That every single one of you have been called. Every single one of you has a purpose in life. Every single one of you needs to go and make disciples. But do not be afraid, for there is people around you to build you up. Church, I want to be a church that where we build each other up. I want to be a church where somebody calls and says, hey, I'm going to this person's house to pray for them. Will you come with me? Church, I want to be the church that goes forward that doesn't sit in the pews. I want to be the church that we go together for we should be doing life together. We should be going together to fulfill our calling. But we can't do it alone. And if you think that you can do it alone, then you're missing the point. Whew. If you think that you can do it alone, you are missing the point. Well, Pastor Eddie, you and Pastor Brian have been called, but I, have, I, don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know where I'm supposed to go. My point number three is God always calls the person before the action. God always calls the person before the action. So if you are letting that where it stumble you to a point where you cannot fulfill God's purpose because you don't know what to do, because you don't feel like you have been called, God calls the person before he calls the action. So many times we think, I just don't know what to do. I, I just don't know how to do it. I, I just, Lord, it, it's so hard for me to, to know my purpose and my calling. What am I supposed to do? We forget the point that he has already called us. You don't believe me? Oh, that's great. I have a list for you. At the burning bush, God called out, said, Moses, Moses. David, Samuel anoints him with oil before his calling. Isaiah, God said, who shall I go? Isaiah said, here I am, send me. Mary, 
Do not be afraid, for you have found favor with God, and you will be given a son, and his name will be Jesus. The disciples and Jesus called out to them and then said, follow me. The calling came first. For every single major person, besides like one or two in the Bible, the calling came first. The calling came before the action. So do not let the action mess you up and think that you are not called. And here's the thing. There were thousands and thousands of people that were not named in the Bible that followed after Jesus. This is not just an Old Testament thing where God calls out to people by visions and dreams. It's still happening now. We believe that our God is the same God that was there in the Old Testament that is the same God who is now. And if he has called the people through generations and generations, what makes you think that he has not called you into that same world? If he is the same God and he was doing it before, he's doing it again. Worship team, you can come up. So many times we see ourselves get so lost up in the fact that I am not worthy enough. I am broken. I am bruised. I have been spat on and destroyed so much in my life. Listen, God calls the person. He calls the person It does not matter the background that you have. He calls the person. He is calling you. He has already called you. That's decided at this point. You cannot run away from the calling that God has saying that I am not called. If you read the same scripture that I'm reading and says that you have been called. Clear as day. You have been. It is already formed that as soon as you accept Jesus into your heart, you have been called. So many different times in our life when we run towards the calling instead of running away from the calling, God blesses us. So my last point for you now is it's time to take action. Now, we have decided and we have seen by scripture who has been called. And it is every single person. I don't care whether you are 12 years old. I don't care if you've been here one day or if you've been here 40 years. You have been called. But it's time to take action. 